I was just I was just gonna say, if I made some loud throat sounds, you would spend twenty minutes berating me about it. That's right. You're right. It's a double standard. You're not wrong. Let's acknowledge it and move on. We need to hurry up and record an episode all in the same room because there is so much sexual tension between us at this point <laughs> in the podcast. Oh. California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens. It is episode five of season two of our OC rewatch journey. My name is Ryan Drake, coming to you from a very warm and windy Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Joined as always by my two co-hosts. Let me start today by saying hello to the angel of death that passed over my house this past weekend. Of course, I'm talking about Dylan Irwin. Hello, Dylan. I wanted to come to your house so bad, but I saw the lamb's blood. And kill my children. Yeah. That's I just, I saw, I saw the lamb's blood and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of, for, for angels of death, that's kind of like having the sock on the door. And so I just went ahead and passed over your house. Welcome to Jewish history with Dylan and Ryan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, big, had a book. Welcome back to Jew Corner. We've been spending a lot of time here lately. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, and of course, week. this show would not be complete without our our leader, our fearless leader, the creator, CEO, janitor of this podcast. I am, of course, talking about Chelsea Trinidad. Hello, Chelsea. Hi, everyone. Um, in case you guys are wondering what they were talking about, uh, we are recording right before Easter or or Passover. You know, well, Passover happened already. Well, Thanks, Passover Chelsea. already happened. Okay, yeah, we already I'm, passed over it. Mm, oh, okay. Wow. Thanks, well, for that shows, thanks for paying attention. That shows what little I know about the Jewish culture. So I think that maybe this is good and, and immersive. I need to learn more and become a better citizen of the world. Yeah, like, I just want to be quiet and listen and become a better ally. Don't be yeah, a putz. Subscribe exactly. and rate. Exactly. Check out our Instagram for Chelsea's notes app apology for that little rant she just went on. <laughs> <laughs> what what is that tiktok uh, noise where it's like i'm trying really hard not to cry <laughs> like what it's like a fake apology situation i should i should make once one of those. again check out our instagram for that and then also chelsea's tiktok about the thing we just talked about <laughs> did you ever make you never made a tiktok with marissa scream i feel like you should do that at some point oh man i'll put that on my list my list is so big i had well maybe ta- well maybe by the time this is airing you have and people That's are true. having a really weird inception moment listening to this episode. Or, yeah, they're like, wait, I, yeah. It is weird so recording these like a month ahead of time because I feel like so much can happen in that month that like we could talk about it. Like yeah. when we talked about, by the time the first, so the first, we're recording this the week the first episode comes out. By the way, we're good on that. Everything's good. We're yes. ready to go. So we're recording this the week the first episode of this podcast comes out for season two, in which we talked about rumors of Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson starting a podcast but by the time the episode actually releases they've already just like talked about it confirmed it it's out there everyone knows about it but and you can yeah. watch the tra- you can listen to the trailer well that might be kind of funny but then think about like what if what if tate or uh peter gallagher gets canceled and then we're gonna be in big trouble Ooh, yeah great point God, great point chelsea that's why you're the brains of this operation um yeah. i guess i canceled tate last week though so hmm no, you can't. You cancel Jimmy Cooper. Tate okay, is uncancelable, and I'm gonna hopefully not regret saying that. I truly don't remember what we talked about last week. Um, so <laughs> we should do we should do a Patreon exclusive uh, live reaction <laughs> to the new summer Julie Pod. But we'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> a a, 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 a that. podcast about podcasts. 
Mm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pod about pods. Okay, um, shall we get into it? Shall we get into episodes nine and ten of season two of the OC? I think so. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Starting with episode number nine, <laughs> the X Factor. EX, the X Factor, not to be confused with the British singing television show of the same name. Oh, the X Factor. I love that one. Features Sandy Cohen on screen for only five minutes and forty four mm. seconds. If you remember that last episode that we did last week, he was on he was on for like 17 minutes. So I feel like they're course correcting here. Um, so five minutes and 44 seconds of Sandy Cohen. Dylan, what do we need to know about The X Factor? Um, well, The X Factor originally aired on January 20th, 2005 to 8.2 million viewers written by J.J. Philbin. J.J. Philbin, who wants to be on The X Factor? That's a big come up in ratings. I feel like J.J. Philbin writes a lot of the episodes. Yeah, he's becoming kind of like the Alan Heinberg of season two. She, she is becoming. She, that's she? right. You see? Oh, God. There I go, assuming genders a, again. God, there's going to be another Notes app apology from Dylan now. I was listening to a podcast earlier, and they were talking about Elliot Page, and one of the hosts kept accidentally referring to Elliot Page as Ellen Page. And the other mm-hmm. host was like, no, we mean Elliot Page, and, and they're a very good actor. And I'm just like, it made me so nervous. So I can't even imagine yeah. what I'm going to be thinking about when I listen to this in the bubble bath like I do every week. It's like when uh, Chelsea called us keep, keep keeping up with the Kardashians a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> in my defense, I had taken a painkiller. It was a weird day, okay? Chloe. Def- I'm just literally going to say, in my defense, she was very drunk. <laughs> By the way, before we get off the Kardashians and Ryan, you might cut this out. I don't know. I just thought this was fascinating. Apparently, Chloe's name is actually supposed to be pronounced Chloe. I also saw uh, Andy. What's his name? I forgot. My sister told me about it. Shit. What's his name? Watch what happens live. Andy Cohen. Oh, Andy Cohen. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andy Cohen. Wait, Andy Cohen sounds so much like Sandy Cohen. I don't know how I just now put this all together. Oh, oh my god! I never thought about that either. Yeah. It's the Ouroboros. Wow. Look at us. Look at us breaking news. Man. Uh, Chelsea, shall we get into this episode? Yeah, let's Would do it. Would you like it. to lead us? Would you like to be our leader? So the episode starts with Kirsten ordering a lot of food that sounded so delicious. Oh, she God, basically orders an, an, yeah, she orders an entire Thai menu. She's like, we need the cellophane noodles. We need the um, tom yum, uh, fish, whatever. We I, Everything she listed sounded good. I don't know about you guys. Maybe we just watched it when I was hungry. But I was like, man, I kind of want some Thai food now. Um, and I thought this was kind of cool because it's weird. Almost every episode has ended with kind of Seth and Alex being like ambiguous. Like, are they together or are they not? I don't really know. Yeah, I immediately had mm-hmm. problems with this because the couple episodes ago, Sandy was like telling Alex, I want you to not be with my son. Right. Mm-hmm. He went to see her specifically to tell her that. Yeah. And the first things out of his mouth in this episode are, hey, you should invite Alex to join us for dinner. Yeah, I know. I thought that was weird, but maybe, maybe after she threw them that party, they decided that they liked her. All you gotta do is give him a little stage time. He'll be your best friend. <laughs> yeah, all, let him sing, and then same with me, honestly. Um, <laughs> so open mic. <laughs> uh, Seth goes to invite her, and she is um, very frazzled in the moment mm-hmm. because apparently her ex has come back to town. Um, so Seth leaves, and of course he just spirals, which is very typical Seth. But after he leaves, we get a little sneak peek and we see that the ex in question is Sloane from Entourage. Which is a Emmanuel sign. Shikri. It's a sign. There she is. I will say that I did appreciate Seth had some good lines in these two 
everyone kind of had some good lines in these two episodes, but I kind of, I, I rolled my eyes at first, but then I was like, okay, that's actually kind of funny. When he said part of the ABCs of the X is to step aside for the I and the U. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty creative. I wonder if that was an Adam Brody improvisation. Zero percent chance. I do not no. remember. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no way. He wouldn't have thought of that. JJ um, Philbin took days to labor over that line. <laughs> yeah. She like knew there was a joke there. She had to just put it together just perfectly. That's right. This episode in general was actually really funny. That kind of brings us to our next scene, which is Lindsay and Ryan kind of talking and they run into Marissa and have an exchange. And I don't know why I thought this was so funny. But uh, Lindsay basically starts talking to Ryan about like, oh, yeah, you hang out with your ex a lot. She's kind of the most intimidating girl in high school. And Marissa approaches them and um, Lindsay kind of gushes about uh, Marissa's outfit which I thought was kind of weird because I did not think it was a very cool outfit. I thought it's it was not. pretty ugly. It's not. It's a very basic outfit. She was wearing like a, a striped shirt with a weird sweater vest on top and kind of like a long skirt. <laughs> I thought it was weird. I love that yeah. Chelsea thinks everything is weird. Everything <laughs> that's that's your that's your describer for everything. <laughs> okay, I'll try to use other words. I no, it's it fine. I love it. I think it's great. I've been adding. I've been adding in season two. I've been adding a bell noise to every time I f- you say a word that I think is pronounced yeah. funny. I might just start using it every time you say weird. Oh my god! I hate you guys. <laughs> Oh, I'm quitting the podcast. This is it. This no. is the last episode. I'm going to finish. And then Dylan's like, no, please don't do that. <laughs> can you imagine? God, can you imagine just Dylan and I? That God, would, that what would a be, Yeah. Oh, my God. I balance to the crew. Uh, mm. So Lindsay's like, oh, wow, your outfit. You look like you walked off of a runway. <laughs> and Marissa is kind of like, oh, thank you. I like your... And she kind of searches for a word or searches for something on there that she can compliment. And she goes, I like your backpack. Oh, and gosh. very awkward, Lindsay's like, thank you. It was from LLB. LLB, baby. Shout out. I love the bean. I love the bean. Love the bean. So the only thing I didn't Big get about this heads. scene, like I thought that their uh, exchange was pretty funny, but I don't really understand why Lindsay didn't get why Marissa was around all the time. It's not like Ryan just wants to hang out with his ex. It's because they're literally kind of family at this point. Okay, but also when Lindsay says like you guys are with each other constantly, I was like, in season two, they've really not spend that much time together at no. all, I feel like. They've had, it's rare that they have scenes together anymore. Lindsay should watch season one if she really yeah. wants to see too much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- this, already the scene is kind of shaken up and Ryan's like, you know, hey, maybe if you guys became friends, we could all hang out together and it wouldn't be awkward and we all know how that goes. But, mm. you know, nice little indication of where the episode is going to go. I do kind of hold on, hold on hold on this is something that's been that's been bothering me. I do kind of get where Lindsay's coming from. I get if she's like if you're still friends with your ex, but I feel like a go-to move shouldn't be hanging out with your ex when you have a new girlfriend even as just friends. I feel like is that is that I mean, I don't know. Apparently I'm like the more conservative one when it comes to dating practices. Is that something that the new hip kids are doing? Ryan, I feel like an ex is someone. This is just my own. I feel like an ex is someone that knows you really well. So I go to my exes for advice all the time, especially when it comes to other girls. Where I'm like, "Hey, you've dated me, so you know how I am. Can you help me in the situation?" And it's like exes that clearly were through the relationship. We're done. We're moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I've become very good, close friends with a lot of my exes. Well, not a lot. Like I would say, like three of my exes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't think I don't think it's weird. I, I understand that it would be weird if I started dating someone new and they're like, "Why are you hanging out with your ex or whatever?" But it's mm-hmm. like I feel like once they knew what the situation was, they would see it or understand it. Yeah. So I feel like it's okay. I have a 
few exes that I'm close with, but it wasn't like a, you know, a few months later. It was like, you know, years had passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I right. But I think I read a tweet about this or something, which, you know, Chelsea gets her deep uh, thoughts from Twitter, apparently. It's the best but place. But it was just like, it's it's kind of ridiculous that, you know, the notion of just because you can you do not love each other in that one very specific way that you, like, can't have a relationship. And I totally believe that. Like, yeah. obviously... You enjoyed their company for a reason. There must be something you connect on. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason you guys were together in the first place. Like, there's a connection there on some level. We just have to figure it out. Yeah, I was literally mm-hmm. con- having a conversation with one of my exes this week from like ten years ago when we dated. But I was, but like, she had dumped me, and it was a bad breakup. And two or three years later, we kind of reconnected. And I reached back out to her for her advice. When I was like, "Hey, I need to dump someone, and I don't know how to do it, and you dumped me, so I need your help." And it was like really <laughs> helpful. I love it. It was really helpful. Yeah. The kind of issue that this episode really brought up for me was there was a very distinct crossing of the streams where it's like Lindsay has identified that she thinks it's weird. And then Ryan was like still kind of hanging out with Marissa. And I just and also for 17 year olds, I don't feel like they kind of have the uh, the retrospection that we have in our 30s of, well, you know, I'm friends with them, but it's a blah, blah, deep understanding this and that. Whereas when you're 17, it's just you're with your ex. Why are you with your ex? And I just didn't know if you all thought that was a problem. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense in this situation because, like, Ryan and Marissa still have unresolved stuff, clearly, as we learned yeah. in this episode. And, like, they were at least, I don't want to say they were back together, but they were, like, making out literally, like, two days before Ryan met Lindsay. So it's not like a lot of time has passed. Valid. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so over in adult world, um, because of the whole scandal with Caleb, they need something new and fresh to revitalize the Newport group. And Kirsten's talking to Sandy about it. And, of course, we all know Sandy's personality. He is all jazzed about a low-income housing project. Heck, yeah. I also like the uh, the the line from, I think it was Kirsten, where she, you know, she starts off when she's asking Sandy for something by giving him a massage. And then she says, you've earned more than a massage. And I'm just like, there's some good energy. There's, like, some Dylan and Ryan energy going on between Sandy and Kirsten and... I think, and then I think Sandy's response is, well, that, you know, that could only mean one thing. Guys, I think they were talking about boning. Ooh. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks for that. <laughs> Welcome to Sex Corner. <laughs> I'm your, I'm your very, uh, I'm your very um, identity friendly host, Dylan. Let's, let's talk about Sandy and Kirsten. Boy, I can't wait to edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> So next, we cut over to Zach and Summer, and apparently it is their six-month anniversary, which I said, funny, that feels like it's only been five episodes, Uh, but I did think it was funny because he wanted to celebrate with dinner at the Arches, so that's exactly what Sandy and Kirsten do. McDonald's, baby. Have we gotten a scene at Arches, or have we just heard about it? Yes. New Year's Eve, whenever Mm -hmm. he takes her to the Arches, right? Or no, they don't go to the Arches. No, they're just in the car on the way to Arches. Yeah, they you're go. Right. Yeah, they go right. to the uh, the swingers party. Yeah, no, when the cops come for their anniversary, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. the, like the last episode we just saw. Oh my god, they literally just showed the arches, and we did. <laughs> but uh, to me, that was just like a, a shout out to like Zach being a like mature person. He's doing more adult stuff than the rest of these idiot kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I got too. And like, he wants a mature relationship. He wants to treat his girl to something special. So, um, also, my other question about this though: if they've been together for six months, are we to assume that when what date did this episode air, Dylan? I'm sorry, this episode aired in January. We've already had a so Christmas episode. Are we episode. to assume that this is? taking place in january of their school year yes because yeah. they had christmas already 
I think so. Okay, so they, but like the season didn't start till November, but in November they were starting school, which would have been in August in their timeline, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they just had an accelerated uh, first half of the school year, I guess. So at the end of the day, like not that much has happened in six months when you look at it that way, because like a lot's happened in these first like seven, eight episodes. But like if you expand that out over six months, it's really not that much. Well, that explains it, because I was like, how's a relationship ever going to work if you're constantly talking about this third person, this ex, this Seth Cohen? But if, you know, presumably we just don't see majority of the relationship, then it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, because I'm assuming they started dating when Summer kind of made her vow to not get mad at bitches on boats after the 4th of July. So that means they would have started dating in July, six months in January. So yeah, there's a lot of that relationship we're not seeing, y'all. So, over at the Newport group office, Julie uh, gets to tell Kirsten about the great idea she's been sitting on. And her idea is pull curtain. <laughs> that was a really funny scene. I actually legitimately, I laughed at that. Julie is the funniest person on the show. The mock-up of the giant magazine cover with her face on it was wonderful. The line where Kirsten goes, hey, Sandy has a great idea. And Julie goes, I don't care. My idea is better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, she has another hilarious line later in the episode. But uh, uh, my note about that was, ha 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 ha, a magazine making money that was so 2005. 2005 might have been the last good year for magazines. I'm not totally sure, but I, I have a good yeah, feeling. Yeah, dude, you can go. Mm-hmm. I still, I love magazines. I've always loved magazines. I still subscribe to magazines. I love them. You can subscribe to magazines now for like literally like $7 on Amazon. I get dude. Vanity Fair for like $7 a year. That's wow. crazy. I used to get, I mean, every single time I went to the grocery store with my parents, the only reason why I didn't mind because I would get my Cosmo Girl and my 17 and my YM magazine. What what magazines did you guys read when you were younger? The dude, there was a new, the thing about that era was like, especially this was like right before music blogs really popped off. There mm-hmm. were like new, like indie music magazines popping up every month and they would last two or three months and then they would go out of business because they couldn't make money, like yeah. you said. But like it was, I had so many just random obscure magazines that just popped up for a couple months and then disappeared. They were all just like dumb music magazines. Yeah, I did. I think the only music magazine I really did was I did Rolling Stone for a while, Entertainment Weekly, Mad Magazine, um, Game Informer, Nintendo Power. Got to got to hold mm-hmm. it down. And um, there's like one more that wasn't as good, but I can't even remember what it was. So obviously it doesn't matter. Oh no, it was great. Esquire. I read Esquire magazine. I did. I was torn between. I went back and forth between Esquire and GQ for years before mm-hmm. I finally settled into GQ. I thought. I always thought that. So when I was reading Esquire, they had some pretty interesting writers. Like John Mayer would occasionally come on and write some articles oh, in cool. Esquire and all that stuff. And and I feel like GQ was, although still article based, it had an emphasis on kind of fa- style and fashion, almost like a like a W for men. You know, I was reading. Um... I've read a ridiculous amount of books about the Playboy Mansion, actually. I now that now that we're talking about it, I've probably read ten to twelve books about it and about all the different eras. There are twelve books about the Playboy Mansion? It's yeah, like a fantasy like, series. You, you read about like the seventies era and then of course like Holly and Bridget and Kendra all wrote memoirs about their time there and then before they came along, like some of those girls wrote articles. But obviously the early stuff is like the most interesting to me. Um but uh, if you, like, dig in deep, it's kind of cool. Like, Hugh Hefner, I think he was, like, one of the first big magazines to um, bring on, like, black staffers and um, get their perspective. And it was, like, historically a pretty progressive 
um, magazine. So, I mean, say what you will about their, like, kind of, you know, bimbo, like, ideology and the nudes and that kind of thing. But aside from that, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Shit, what was that show? What was that show, Chelsea? Girls Next Door. Yes. There's a podcast I listen to. It's called Do You Remember This? And uh, they just do like pop culture nostalgia from like the mid 2000s. And they just did a whole episode about Girls Next Door that I haven't listened to yet, but I'm excited about it. Oh, I want to listen to that. Oh my gosh. Who were the, okay. I heard Kendra was like one of the girls. There were three big girls, like main girls, right? Holly. Kendra, Holly, and Bridget. But Bridget and Kendra have kind of gone away. Kendra married Holly. that uh, NFL people, but Holly still. Holly married the guy who owns Electric Daisy Carnival. Really? Yeah. Interesting move for her. I respect that. Mm-hmm. It, the pod it's a next thing. door. We digress. The pod next. That's what we can rewatch after this. <laughs> Although it, with um, and, and I'm glad you pronounced her name because I didn't know how to say it. It's it's Emmanuel Chikri. How do you say it? Shriki. I think that's another sign that after we're done with OC, we should do Entourage, keeping hey. up with the chases. Turtles all the way down. We're still workshopping <laughs> names. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, they sit down for lunch and, you know, kind of Ryan got a Lindsay pumped about being friends with Marissa. So she sits down by herself, but he's kind of weird. He's kind of like, okay, I'm going to go now. Bye. Like he was a, a dad dropping off his kid at like the first day of preschool or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marissa and Summer are chowing down on In-N-Out burgers and french fries. And they have kind of this awkward exchange where Lindsay's like, oh, wow, you girls must spend hours on the treadmill to work that off. And they're kind of like, ha, exercise, yeah, right. And they're like, oh, that was what are you like a wonderful noise you just made, Chelsea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I think. Of. That's how I feel when I think about exercise. Uh, but they're like, oh, what do you have? And she's like, oh, it's it's Weight Watchers. And like, she's clearly embarrassed. And just their whole exchange, like every single thing, they are just not vibing. And I think, I mean, they were trying to create a vibe where like Marissa and Summer are clearly cool girls. And wh- whereas Lindsay is just putting off total Scoob girl energy. <laughs> I, feel, like, <laughs> I feel like she's purposely being a Scoob though, because she, the way she says it with the whole Ryan treadmill thing. Ryan is laughing so hard he uh-huh. can't breathe right now. I that's love why he's silent. See, scoob girl. I, I feel like she, she's going out of her way to almost seem more awkward because she was rude first of all and the way she presented she said so that's what like two hours on the elliptical to burn that off like almost as if it's it's not like wow you guys are so skinny it's oh so this is how it's gonna be and i really didn't dig that i did like the intense exposition where i can't remember if it's summer and risk but they say hey great idea hitting up the drive-thru on the way back as they pull out in and out burger bags Boy. with the brand facing out I have some thoughts on exposition in the next episode in particular when it comes to Rebecca Bloom, but we'll get there. But um, (laughs) yeah, no, this whole thing with Lindsay, she's just really insecure around these girls still. And like, obviously that's the conflict that we have with her and Ryan and knowing that Ryan dated Marissa, which I don't know. I kind of understand where she's coming from, but it's hard to just be like, get over it. But at the same time, it's like, you kind of need to get over it, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so this next scene I thought was so funny. Um, Seth brings his girl problems with Alex to the comic book club. So he has this big nerd squad all trying to give him advice. What did you guys think about that scene? Dylan, I'm sure Dylan has thoughts. I, I do. So I was going to let you go first. Uh, I love Philip is now part of the, is now a member of the comic book club. And there are two, I guess, junior high kids that are part of the comic book club. And then mm-hmm. Zach and Seth and then Ryan, who was not there. 
Speaking of Philip, um, there's something that I noticed, and it is going to be in a little sequence. I like to call a comic book minute. Oh so God. when Philip asks when they're going to discuss the new Avengers, he wasn't talking about a new Avengers comic book, but he was talking about issue number one of the new Avengers, written by Brian Michael Bendis and released on December 1st, 2004. The new Avengers consisted of Captain America, Iron Man, Luke Cage, The Sentry, Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, and Wolverine. And this has been your comic book minute okay that was a fast comic book minute so i'll allow but how do you i don't understand how you do you do you look all this up or do you just have it cataloged in your brain what's going on i read a lot of marvel around this time and when he said new avengers i remember it was a big deal because in the comic book world i guess this is kind of addendum to comic book minute the avengers actually split up the actual you know like the movies are based off of these guys like those avengers split up and a brand new series started in 2004 called quote the new avengers and it was made mm. up of those characters and that series lasted i think until like 2011 so it lasted for a while all right but, Dylan, um, 15 seconds or less there's a spider woman yes so i so i actually know little to nothing about spider woman because i read a lot of spider-man but my my actual base is in dc comics so like batman and stuff like that but i know what her outfit looks like and i'm not going to describe it on this audio medium but um yeah there is a spider woman okay thank you thank you both you're welcome um, I wrote down, I thought Ryan and Zach were actually being really good friends and giving mm -hmm. Seth good advice. I liked the three of them hanging out for a bro night in as they decided, but it made me really miss Luke, of course. Oh, oh my God, yes. Ryan, I miss Luke so much. Luke would have had, Luke would not have allowed them to have guys night in. They would have absolutely gone out. And if we want to get to it, I have a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, I love what you said about Ryan and Zach and Seth as a as a trio. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I love that. I, I love the three of them hanging out. I love that Ryan and Zach are friends and they're not just like friends of friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're um, not just like assess like accessories to each other. They actually have a relationship themselves. I think that's cool. Yeah, and when you go back to the scene where they were having the comic book meeting and Seth is like, I know what I need to do. I need to call Alex. And he gets his phone and like calls her. And Zach jumps up to stop him, and then he gets Ryan to stop him. But I'm like, the phone's been ringing. Like you have, she has a missed call from you now. Like you yeah. have called her, right? That's so stopping, that was really strange to me. Yeah, stopping it, does nothing. It it makes it worse actually. Yeah, it makes it weirder that you that you're gonna call her again or just show up after she after the missed call, whatever. Um, Ryan decides to go collect Seth's paycheck. I forgot that Seth works for the bait shop again, yeah. and his thirty eight dollar paycheck is waiting for Ryan. Um, but yes. I love the idea of Ryan and Zach and Seth hanging out. And when they have their guys night in, Ryan really wants to party. And I, I this yeah. is like a side of Ryan I had not seen. I was like, why? He's Me fucking, either. he's ready to go. Ryan's like, what should we do? Do you want to go to a fucking LA club? Do you want to go to Vegas? Do you want to go to Tijuana? And I think he was being sincere. I don't think he was joking. He listed, he listed everything that they've done in their past, but he hasn't shown this um, like fervor for partying since the very first episode. He wanted to go hit an L.A. club. And I was like, fucking please. I would love that. I, I just want to see Ryan dance. Like, that would be yes. cool. I bet he dances like the uh, like the NPCs on Grand Theft Auto 3, where it's just like a whole lot of just this with fists. And again, this is an audio medium. And so you, no one can see me dancing. I, uh, I did realize two things during this sequence. One, uh, Guy's Night In. The agenda that was on Guy's Night In initially is pretty much what I did almost every night of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. and number two, I missed Luke too, but because they were making Zach into such a Luke character, there's like a line 
later on, you know, when they decide, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and so if you would reel it back if you need to, but when they're all in the car going to confront Alex, and at one point I think they say, you're all thinking the same thing, we're all thinking the same thing, and Zach, in a true Luke fashion, goes, yeah, it's kind of hot, right? And so I was yeah. getting I was getting very Luke vibes from Zach. Because we forgot to mention that Ryan, when he went to go pick up Seth's $38 paycheck, which had to be like $0 after taxes, um, <laughs> when he picked up that paycheck, he met, um, he met Sloan. I forget her name. Jody. Um, Emmanuel. He met Jody and saw that like, oh, the ex is, is a, a female. Yeah. And so he was trying to keep that from Seth for some reason. I don't know why. Ryan finally breaks and tells Seth that the ex is a she. And like, for some reason that just sets Seth off in a way where he's like, well, we have to go confront her about this. And I'm like, what do you, I don't get it. Like why? Seth. That's not just, and that's not just like a, that's literally not just like a woke dude. That's not like a woke thing to say. I'm just like, I literally don't understand why that would cause you to like drive down to the club and like confront your ex about that, I guess. Um, so during that, while they're having the little bros night in, the girls are having their night out. Um, Sandy, Kirsten, Julie, and Caleb all meet about, they all go on a double date for some bizarre reason. And they talk about the magazine and we get probably the funniest line in the entire episode. Um, San, so Julie talks about the magazine and Sandy's basically like, I'm going to take one for the team. Julie, this idea is terrible. It's not going to make any money. You know, this this has to go away. And Julie says something along the lines of like, oh, I'm taking advice from someone who works for free. <laughs> and he's like, pro, pro bono. Wait, you got you to edit that clip in because it's so funny. I'll just sit here and get insulted by a man so ignorant about business. He chose as a career to work for free. I, I, don't, I don't work. That's pro bono work, Julie. Why am I defending myself? If you want a business perspective, ask Kirsten. But then he <laughs> follows that up with another stellar line, which is like, I'm get, I'm tired of this nasty game of hungry, hungry hippos, <laughs> which, which is so funny. But okay, so I, I got to admit, as much as I want to disagree with Julie, the Newport living idea is actually really good. And it made me realize when she was talking about it, like, what, do, like, think about our audience. What, what do these people like more? They love watching rich people and gossip and this. And I just realized Newport Living is basically doing for Newport what the OC does for us. We're watching rich people and gossip and all this drama. I'm glad you guys think it's a good idea. Chelsea, as the investor of the crew, would never do that. But of course, that's, you know, we know about... I think in 05, a local lifestyle magazine, I think, would make a lot of sense. Like, it would be like the Gazette, right? Like, Hmm? Yeah, I think that makes sense for 2005, for sure. I feel like Um, local magazines hmm. and local stuff is still, like, relevant. I mean, we still have... I don't even remember what the magazine is here. It's not 405, is it? It's the one that has the lifestyle section where you can turn to it and see who's partying where in Nichols Hills. Wasn't there something called So Six or something like that? Yes. Oh, boy. I got, I got some stories about So Six. I will save them for a bonus episode. Oh, our, Patre- <laughs> our Patreon that we haven't started yet. So Six was very trendy for a minute. They also ripped off a lot of businesses. Shout out to them. Um, but no, I mean, the Gazette lasted a long time. 405 Magazine is still somehow a thing. It's, I don't know if it's thriving like it used to, but it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, there's also like local pet magazines that I did not know of. And I actually first discovered this when I was in Tulsa and I found an, an issue of Tulsa Pets Magazine and it blew my mind. It's just people sending in photos of their pets, which I loved. Do we have one in oh, OKC? We have, the, we have the Oklahoma Gailey also. Yeah, we have the Gailey. Yeah. Um, so... Sorry to pivot back to the episode now, but like How this thing you. with the magazine and Sandy, I don't 
I don't understand, once again, the adult stuff I just never get on the show, apparently. He's, like, really mad about this. Like, Sandy yeah. gets up and leaves the dinner. And I'm just like, what happened Why here? What, he the, what did I miss? Yeah. he. I guess he really wanted Kirsten to do the housing development thing. But because she's not, and they're going to let Julie do the magazine, he just gets mad and leaves the dinner. Yeah. I, I thought that was stupid, too. I didn't understand. Was he, like, that attached? Because, I mean, we know next season he does do that. But... I think the only the only thing I could think about that would make him so angry is maybe, you know, he, we know how passionate he is about like all the stuff that he's passionate about, and the idea that <laughs> Good one, Dylan. thanks, you know, I'm, I'm you know here, he's passionate I'm the, about the things that he's passionate about. It's all about deep, thoughtful discourse here on keeping up with the Coens, but I think it's not as much that they're not doing it as it is that Kirsten is vetoing it and saying no i'm my hands are tied i guess we're just gonna do the magazine and so i feel like sandy feels disappointed and betrayed kind of which is enough to make any man get up from a nice dinner with his father-in-law um an annoying person and his wife um so let's talk about the girls and the girls night out uh ryan starts by dropping Lindsay off at uh at marissa's house and you know you kind of sit there and you think and you do the math and you're like oh wait okay actually this is her new dad's house like this is a little bit awkward it's just awkward from beginning to end she he drops her off and ryan's kind of like are you okay take care of her marissa and you can tell Lindsay's kind of embarrassed and marissa kind of gives the like okay type smile they go upstairs and um it's it's so strange like marissa still has photos of ryan kind of all over her room what did you guys think about that That was a power move i'm telling you because why <laughs> you think? one why do you still have them up if you've broken up and two if you know his girlfriend is coming over it's not like an why abrupt stop them? why wouldn't you hide them at least it's because it's a power play so they're kind of sitting there they obviously have nothing to talk about so marissa <laughs> kind of breaks out her magic flask and is like Hey, you want a drink? Well, so first of all, Lindsay has a Lindsay has a wonderful line that I felt like was tailored specifically for us on our podcast because she just <laughs> looks at Marissa and goes, "Oh, so this is where you live." And I was like, "We know that that is absolutely not where she lives. We are indoors right now, Lindsay. You yep. need to calm yeah. down." <laughs> we're, we're Marissa she Truthers. That's right, Cooper Truthers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so mad that we called this show Giving Up with the Coens and not Cooper Truthers. That's a way better name. <laughs> That's going to be the name of our bonus <laughs> Patreon show. Guys, what if we name our podcast Welcome to the Podcast, Bitch? Um, and then, like, our Welcome to the... What were we going to call it? We No, we almost called it that. We almost called well, it... Well, I wonder, would, would Julie and Summer then have to name their podcast something else? Like, like Keeping like, Up with the Coens? Oh, I would have been so jealous if they had named it Keeping Up with the Coens after we chose the other name. Yeah. But they wouldn't... I don't know if they would have named it that, because uh, neither of them were Coens. That's true. Well, neither are we, so... <laughs> That's very true oh as well. Let's just all be real. Cooper Truthers is the best of all the names. I love it. I, I can't stop saying it. I'm obsessed with it. Cooper Truthers. I, I think it's a terrible name. I think that we will never get any search traffic. <laughs> Ryan, and, Ryan and I will start Cooper Truthers, our side show. Yeah. Okay. And will we just review? It's just Dylan and I reviewing last week's episode of Keeping Up with the Coens. And go, yeah. <laughs> just going like, oh, you yeah. could have done it. You could have done a better. You could have done a better joke there. That didn't yeah. land. It'll be like, like talking bad or whatever. Um, yeah. Walk, talking dead but yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so finally, Summer comes and relieves them of the awkwardness. 
and they sit at the club and they're still bored. And my note was, OMG, the girls created their own Bechdel test because Summer basically goes, oh, well, let's go ahead and talk about boys then because other than that, we ain't got nothing. Oh and I was gosh. like, oh my Wait, God. Wait, you said Summer. they created their own what test? Isn't it called a Bechdel test? Yeah, the Bechdel test, wherever you have a conversation on a show between women that doesn't involve men or discussions about men. I've never heard of this. You've never heard of this? Yeah, it's like it's like a, a something that they use to look at shows. Like, do women in it have conversations about things other than men? Do you know what wow. show... Uh, ironically enough, do you know what show tends to pass the Bechdel test quite a bit? Which one? Ooh, Star, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh my god, of course. Dylan! Isn't that okay. insane? Well, the, yeah, no, it's really not that insane. I would imagine that, like, shows that aren't whatever we're not gonna have this conversation um <laughs> ryan gets mad whenever he has no rebuttal that's true i was just like you're right i don't like this that you're right moving on yeah um yeah. i love the awkwardness that exists there because it's like Lindsay, and th- that th- that's real like you go to a bar or a club and like i have i don't know i haven't had any i quit drinking for the first part of this year i just was gonna do dry january and it's just kind of rolled over mm-hmm. into almost april now i just haven't been drinking at all um but like and i've had that experience though where i'll go out with like to my friends now like i said like two weekends ago i went out with my friends and i just sat there and they were all just like getting drunk and i'm just sitting there like okay so what do we what do we do now (laughs) and i I haven't been drinking either like during coronavirus i feel like a lot of people were like oh cool i'm gonna drink every night and deal with this and me and my husband kind of went the exact opposite way well my plan was to my plan is now to try and make it sober from all from january 1st to my birthday in august so that I can just have like four Bud Lights and die you're on have, my birthday. You're going to have one Bud Light like and it. trip. Yeah, I'm going to hallucinate. I'm going to be like my peyote. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got the Bud Light trimmers. Um, so the the boys the boys night in, they decide to go to the club and confront their girlfriends and Alex. And it's really funny because Seth says something like, at ah, 700 hours. And Zach kind of corrects them. And he goes, no one cares that you were in the ROTC. And I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand There's again. A lot of good someone lines. explained to me why they're going to the club to see the girls. I am just like, what are they doing? They're gonna. Seth wants to confront Alex, so Ryan and Zach are gonna go with him, I guess, to back him up to beat up a girl. Okay, I don't know. Hey, but the thrills are playing. Uh, yeah, love the thrills, mm, man. I get yeah. this, is, but this this goes into what I've been saying about how the the band playing at the bait shop became less of a plot point and more of just like a oh yeah, there's also a band playing that you know it's the thrills and it's like oh okay cool. Yeah, they don't even they don't even say the thrills at any point in the episode. Thrills, great band. Um, okay, so something I did notice that's really strange is um, whenever they're at the club and Lindsay gets kind of sick and Alex kind of intervenes, um, Marissa and her have a nice little meet cute at a point oh yeah and um, marissa kind of saves her because her and a sloan are having a, an argument so marissa sees what's going on and kind of runs some inference on there are no paper towels in the girl's bathroom yeah the craziest thing though and someone references the show and alex says i'll be sure to netflix that this weekend and i had to rewatch yeah. it three times because i could not believe that they referenced netflix in 2006 well that's because that's back when and for our Gen Z listeners, if you exist, I don't know if you do. I think you might listen to this ironically. But back in the day, Netflix was a service that would literally mail you DVDs. That's that's what they existed for. You would get online. Yeah. You would have a Netflix queue where you would say, number one, I want to rent Man on Fire. Number two, I want to rent Blade Trinity. And then they would ship them to your house. So count your blessings. 
I watched the last Blockbuster documentary over the weekend. Not very good, but I found out that Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix back around this time. And they didn't. It was kind of boring, but it was perfect for me because I, when I watched it, I was actually working. So it was just like nice ambient noise. But how weird is it that Adam Brody was made a little cameo? Yeah, that was cool to see him. But just the rest of the people they had on there, just like B minus comedy people that were just like, here's Doug Benson walking around Blockbuster for 15 minutes. I was like, I don't like the, care I love the, like kind of like the I love the 90s sort of group. I love the. Yeah, no, it really was. It, yeah, it was a very VH1 mm-hmm. talking head thing where it's just a lot of things I didn't care about. But the story of mm-hmm. Blockbuster was what I was interested in. I didn't care about what these other people's experience was. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, mm-hmm. We want to backtrack a little bit because so Lindsay gets drunk. Ryan shows up because he's with Seth and like wants to, and like Ryan's mad. Ryan has the thing where he gets mad at these girls for getting drunk. Like he got mad at Marissa for getting drunk at the last Christmas episode of season one. And like that's whenever he I specifically screams. said like she was being fun Marissa in that episode and he like got so mad at her. And he's like yeah. you could tell he's mad at Lindsay for getting drunk now. I think he's more mad at Marissa. He had cuz he thinks like like he's like oh my god Marissa, you know, he says you spent all last year trying to drag me down and now you're so dragging good. Lindsay down. He's mad. He he shows up to the club and he's mad that Lindsay's drunk. Yes. And he like takes her out. And then he takes her to the beach. And just leaves her there. Yeah, that was that was weird. He was like, oh, let me go get you some greasy french fries, the Don Atwood special, her, 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 and then he just leaves her. That makes no sense. Why would you leave a drunk girl by herself? At night. Right next to the water, after she's talked multiple times about wanting to go swimming, he's like, okay, you just wait here by the water. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Like, what the fuck? That was so dumb. Yeah, it made no sense. It's Chekhov's water. I had that exact thought. I was like, this is, the, this is like Chekhov's whatever. Like, this is the yeah, actual is correct version of it. I am. Um, I I will say though, there was a pretty amazing exchange right before he left to get her the greasy fries and coffee. She asks. Uh, he asks her how much she had. She says as much as Marissa, and he pauses for a beat and goes, "That's, <laughs> That's a, a lot. lot." Yeah. Yeah. So he like he leaves her alone. We would later find out that a lot happened off off screen, where like she got up and went back into the club to find Marissa and Seth saw her and they took her to Alex's office. But like, we didn't see any of that. Ryan comes back, thinks mm-hmm. she's drowning and just swims around in the shallow waters for a couple minutes until <laughs> Seth finds him. Yep. This is a very bizarre sequence of events. Um, in the meantime, summer has met Matt Miller from the water polo team. The water polo team is very Who's sensitive. just a weird dude. Like, uh, sorry to borrow your word, Chelsea. He's weird. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I thought that that whole scene was, I, I, was a dumb kind of throwaway scene i don't know really know why they included it it was basically so he could be like oh yeah we're very sensitive we know all about your uh six you know six month anniversary but and then zach comes and he sees him talking and he's like oh that guy will hit on anyone but i don't know i thought it was kind of a dumb scene like it didn't add anything so but before ryan goes and finds Lindsay in alex's office that's when we have the scene with seth and alex and they get into their argument he's like pounding on her door she finally lets him in and they're arguing about, I don't even know what they're arguing about, which I guess is a real relationship at this yeah. point. But like, um, he's mad because he thinks that she lied to him about dating a girl, even though she never did. She just said he's an ex. She, this person is an ex. Um, so he could, but that's where we get really good references to Jim and the holograms. Great yep. show. And he's, that's when he's like, I've seen the banger sisters. I know how this that ends. Was, and she's like, well, I'll be sure to Netflix that this weekend. That was so. such a mean line, but also so funny. I lost my mind at this point because this is back to shitty Seth. Cause he's, she's, I feel like Alex has not really done anything wrong. She's just asking for space while she figures yeah. this out. It's not like they're in a relationship as far as I know. So he, she's like, I'm done. 
I'm going to go find another girl to walk all over me. And I was like, she's trying to put space between you. She's doing the opposite of walking all over you. And Summer did not walk all over Seth either. That's what I thought was ridiculous. What kind of a victim does he see himself as? At no point did Summer walk all over Seth. Nope. If anything, the exact opposite occurred. He sailed all over her. Yeah. That's right. He didn't go out with her when she wanted to. He, that, I don't know. I thought that kind of pissed me off. But um, the episode ends, and I mean, this in a lot of ways was kind of a setup episode. Um, Ryan and Marissa kind of debrief about their relationship and, you know, presumably gain some um, closure. Um, Leaves with Marissa and Alex, obviously, kind of, you know, becoming friends. Um, And also, I think that it's a more definitive, okay, Seth and Alex are totally broken up, whereas they were kind of in a gray area the last few episodes. And also, I mean, I think probably the reason why Sandy, they showed Sandy getting so upset with the Newport group um, happenings is that it was signifying that Sandy is on his own and going to start something new in his career that has nothing to do with the family business. So I'm guessing that that was the whole purpose of it. I buy that. Yeah, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite music moment of this episode was the Thrills playing Not For All The Love In The World. My favorite was, song by them. Really good song. Good um, that's a good one. one. What was your outfit of the episode? Oh, it was the, the uh, one that Lindsay was in. The outfit Lindsay was enamored by, but we all thought was kind of ugly that Marissa was wearing. That's your outfit of the episode. Wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, if, if it was good Wait, enough. Wait, you for didn't th- have one, but you just thought about that one because <laughs> it was no, the episode. No, I didn't. I just didn't. I found nothing to be that compelling. So if they thought it was interesting enough to dedicate lines to it, I guess that should be ours too. I am going, okay, I'm going to do my first and only executive podcast order. We all get one. And because Chelsea said that her outfit was nothing special when we initially talked about it, I think we should change it. And the outfit of the episode should be Lindsay's backpack. (laughs) The outfit of the episode was that scene between Lindsay and Marissa. Boom. Compromise, guys. That was the X Factor. That's the X Factor, episode nine. So that gets us into episode number 10, The Accomplice, which features Sandy Cohen on screen for nine minutes and 55 seconds. Dylan, do the thing. The Accomplice aired, um, interestingly enough, originally, seven days after The X Factor on January (laughs) 27th, 2005, to 8.41 million viewers. So we got some more people watching it. And it was written... By the man, the myth, the legend, Alan Heinberg. So, like, the ratings are good. We, I, we mentioned in the first one, like, the, we're back up into the eight millions. Like, I felt yep. like it, early in season two, it had dipped down into the sixes, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're back up to, like, mid eights. Yeah. That's a lot Not of bad. That's a lot of people, like, especially in 2021 time. Like, oh, yeah. shows are lucky to get one million. But, yeah. Um, uh-oh, everyone. <laughs> Tensions <laughs> heat up between Sandy and Kirsten when Sandy decides to help Max Bloom, his mentor from law school find his daughter rebecca who was sandy's first love meanwhile seth and zach start a comic book based on their lives in newport while summer questions why she's been left out ryan makes an attempt to unite Lindsay and caleb uh but the dinner with caleb does not go as planned while julie is in paris marissa looks for new ways to re- to rebel i almost said rebel it's rebel it's spelled <laughs> the same way that threw me off uh yeah, for sure. And in doing so, her friendship with Alex increases, leading to an excursion to L.A. so Alex can pack up some belongings out of Jody's apartment. This show, this episode opens. I'm going to talk about the open, then we'll get into the specific storylines. It opens with uh, our, our three amigos, Zach, Seth, 
and Ryan are all hanging out. Seth wants to, ha- he mentions having a menage a three-way with Alex <laughs> that was a and nope. Jody, which is incredible. Um, it's very peak 2006 masculinity. Um, I don't know what you have for the outfit of the episode, Chelsea, but like, I am not a fan here of like, it, and this has been rampant through the first two seasons. I've noticed a lot more. I feel like just because it's so not cool anymore. So many dudes are wearing very baggy pants in these episodes, including Zach in this scene. who's wearing like Jinkos on the pier, basically. Yeah, he wears baggy shorts a lot too. He kind of he kind of dresses like a weird dad. Oh, I said weird again. <laughs> he he dresses. I, I mean, too. he dresses kind of. He he like always is wearing a shirt underneath like an open button down shirt, and he wears. He lots wore a of pol- He wore a polo as an undershirt once, didn't he? Didn't we talk about that? That was that was the yeah. worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. he dresses like Chandler Bing. He does. He does have Chandler energy, actually. I've only seen a couple episodes of Friends, but I kind of I agree with that. Um, he does have Chandler energy. Wow. <laughs> so they go to the diner. It's the three of them. Seth is still kind of figuring out what to do about Alex. I, I guess because we all we none, no one knows what's going on between them. Um, mm-hmm. Lindsay shows up to hang out with Ryan. They're having breakfast, and then Summer shows up to hang out with Zach, and, and Seth is just kind of left alone. But before that, Zach gives him the best advice anyone's ever given anyone on the show which is stop trying to figure out what to do with alex and just tell her what you want and i was like thank you someone finally did the right thing it's and so with a relationship situation of course it's zach he's very mature and like that's such the right move i quit like i literally i quit asking girls on dates i literally just tell them i want to go out with you and just let them figure it out because yeah. you don't ask just tell them what you want and they either agree or they don't agree um I felt like this was a really interesting episode because I have it broken down into specific storylines and I have them listed kind of in order of importance and like the Ryan and Seth storylines are at the bottom. Like I, I yeah. feel like their stories have taken a back seat and I felt like the most important one here was Marissa and Alex. I agree so, with that. Yeah. Uh, we see Marissa. She's drunk at her house with like, Julie's, I guess, in Paris, apparently, um, just learning about how to launch a magazine about Newport in Paris. Um, so Marissa's at home. She's drunk. She's dancing. She's skipping school. So weird. There's a scene with her and Caleb where they don't. I don't like those scenes. I don't like the scenes with Caleb and Marissa. I know they're there for a reason. I hate I know it. We talk a lot. We do, we talk a lot about how specific characters don't have very many interactions with other characters. Mm-hmm. I could do without the Marissa and Caleb scenes. They're yeah. awkward, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they were supposed to be awkward, but it's like you know he was kind of trying to be somewhat fatherly, but then also was just an asshole. So it just wasn't. I mean, I think that they put it there just to show that he has no warmth in him. So it kind of preps us for how he's going to treat Lindsay. But he's just, you know, he's very stiff and strange. Yeah, he's he's trying so hard. It makes me sad that she's being so rude. He, he's, he's trying. It's hey, it's Alan Dale. He's an angel boy. He is the sex. He is the sexiest bald man. He he's a good looking bald man. But I mean, at least he tried to send his doctor. I guess that was kind of nice. Yeah very low bar so there are two two very very dated references in this episode that really show the age of this episode and one of them was here when marissa said maybe i have west nile oh yeah Yeah. maybe i have west nile so so marissa calls alex and we learn that marissa and alex have like hung out every day this week so they're like bffs now maybe more but they're bffs at this point um jody's still at alex's house uh sorry sloan is still at alex's house (laughs) Um, and while she's on the phone, Seth shows up and wants to know where he stands. 
basically Alex is like, we're, you're, we're not like, this isn't a thing. Like I need, there's too much happening right now. I don't need you in my life making it weirder. And I, I like that she did that because the next time we see them, it's Alex hanging out with Marissa and she finally defines the relationships across the board. She says that Seth and I are friends. Jody and I are over. And I'm like, okay, now we know where everything stands. Finally. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need that every four episodes. I just need one character I need to that, say, I need that every, I just need a running like a debrief. I need like a part in the interruption on ESPN, like sidebar that just shows me what, like where everyone's, what the connections are. Um, apparently Jody, when she left, stole Alex's heart necklace, yeah. which gave me big Ben Affleck, Ana de Armas vibes because Ooh. they had those as well. And Ana de Armas was recently seen wearing hers. So there were rumors <gasps> that they back together. It's that, Sny- okay. that Snyder cut love, baby. I got to get on my phone and see what this heart necklace looks like. They're not back together, by the way. Um, Apparently, Ben gave his half back to Ana Darmus when they broke up, so she's still wearing her half to give to someone else. But Marissa and Alex wow. decide to go on a road trip to Los Angeles, which Ryan would have enjoyed, hitting up those L.A. clubs. <laughs> and this was my music moment of the episode. Them in the car, and they were just fucking vibing to Rilo Kylie, Portions for Foxes. Yes. Shout out Jenny Lewis. I love Rilo Kylie. I love Jenny Lewis. I love that song. I didn't even remember that song was in the O.C., um, but it was in this scene. I'm sorry. Are Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck children? Who wears a heart necklace like that? I was thinking you meant something a little bit more special, not literally half of a heart. It's called romance, okay? I am cringing right now. This is cringe. I like that I said they wore a heart necklace and you looked it up. And you're like, I can't believe it's a heart necklace that looks like a heart. <laughs> it's like, no, it's half of a heart. It's like the, the necklace you get out of a gumball machine at this roller rink when you're eight. <laughs> we went to the ice house we made sure we had plenty for our root beers at the at the at the at the roller rink that's a lame-ass necklace he didn't get her cartier what the fuck so at some point uh in the middle of all this there's a scene another scene with caleb and marissa where marissa lays into him and says like if you want to be a dad like call Lindsay." basically and it's like oh shit that was that's a good real. line that that's was a good line, line. Um, Alex explains emancipation to Marissa, which was great. She also says, shout out, Lil Bow Wow and Hillary, Hillary Duff. Duff. Hillary Duff and Bow Wow, which is not true. Neither of them got emancipated. Yeah. But Marissa wants to get emancipated, which made me sad for Tate. Made me think about Tate. Made me sad for Tate. Is, is he Is he just on his, are we guessing when he's not in the episodes, he's just drinking on his boat, right? I like to think that he was going to go to, where was he going? Hawaii? I thought yes, yeah, so you would kind of have to go up the coast to get to Hawaii. I was—I love to think that he just stopped off in Portland and is drinking with Luke, and they're just hanging out. Oh, it's sweet. Wait, why do you have to go north up the coast to go to Hawaii? Hawaii is north, right? Uh, uh-uh, Hawaii is like not north. It's like southwest. I thought Hawaii was like longitudinally. Hold What's on, the it, it depends. Are you a flat earther? Because it, it'll change. It'll yeah, change. Me and Bob have a lot in common. Hey. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which makes no sense because B.O.B. sings a song about satellites orbiting the Earth or shooting stars airplanes. or something like that. I have to yeah. look and see, like, adjacently. Like, I thought Hawaii was more adjacent to, like, Northern California or, like... Uh-uh, I think it's down, like, Mexico oh, way. Oh, yeah, no, I'm way yeah. wrong. Yeah, I'm yeah, way, way well, wrong. Ryan. You're thinking of the Bering Strait. Yeah, I'm so wrong. The way I had it would have been almost to, like, to Alaska. <laughs> 
So Jody, they show up to Jody's house. Jody's listening to Interpol. Shout out to Interpol. Also a great band. And she just lets them come in. Like they're like, We're here to get Alex's stuff. And she's like, Okay. And she comes in and basically is like, Go find your stuff or something. Like I didn't understand why Alex has to hunt for her own stuff. Marissa has a line in this. I don't know why, but it hit me. Like I think some of the lines hit you sometimes where you just laugh about it. Or Marissa is like, It's like she's doing a tight five or something because she stands there and she just goes, Breakups, huh? And like shrugs a little bit. Breakups. Huh? Just silence. I was like, that's really funny. She's, like trying to do cr- she's trying to do crowd work with a crowd of one. <laughs> breakups, am I right? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. hate them. How about breakups, everyone? <laughs> yeah. Um, I did note. I did note that um, Jody offered Marissa a beer, and she said no. So she's not full blown alcoholic. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was a terrible excuse. She said we have to drive back tonight, but she's not driving. Dylan. Didn't think anything about that. That's a great. It's a great point. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, you guys, every once in a while, you'll switch roles, and it really confuses me. No, no, it me. really. No, it, I mean, what you said makes sense. It just, I don't really care to think about it that much. I guess. <laughs> but look, now we're talking about it. I win. I know. Well, I know, but that's why I'm cringing. Like, why would you waste mental energy thinking about that? I have, I have unlimited mental bandwidth. I wish I was you. I you do not wish you were Dylan. Isolate that. Take that. Isolate that and send it to me so it can be my text (laughs) tone. (laughs) Clearly, Jody is putting the moves on Alex. She wants Alex back. While this is while she's like trying to put the moves on Alex, Marissa slips away, and she (laughs) finds, I guess, both the heart necklaces under a pile of puka shell necklaces. (laughs) That was a lot. Jody's bedroom. Mount Puka. It really was just, she had to really dig around to find them. She did find them. Those are the chunky um, ones, too. And she saves Alex from, from Sloane's seduction. And they get out of the house. And Alex gives Marissa her heart. And then they get a tattoo, apparently, on their way back. They get back to, to Newport. She, like, takes her shirt off and, like, has a tattoo on her lower back. I don't know what the tattoo is. I don't know if Alex also got the tattoo. I don't understand the tattoo. <laughs> but so it's funny. there. She takes her shirt off. Caleb walks in again, as he does. He's He's got terrible timing. Basically says, like, you need to chill. And she's like, no, I'm leaving. And she puts a cardigan on under her over her bra, and they leave together. Chelsea, do you have an outfit of the episode yet? Because if it were me, it would absolutely be Marissa with, like, a cardigan <laughs> over her bra. Uh, no, I, I saved it. But, I mean, it was a good moment. Okay. So that's what's and going they, on. They lean into it and make Caleb feel real weird. Like I liked it. It was funny. So there's definitely vibes between Marissa and Alex. That's how we left you off can the last feel episode. Feel it. Like they they kind of. I I thought that was. They cool. kind of like, are perfect for each other, right? Like yeah, they're just mm-hmm. two people that like fucking hate their parents and want to explore their lives and their sexuality. And I think they're a great combination i love them they're both gorgeous and kind of like you know how we talked about how they were both up for the part of marissa and they decided that um olivia wilde wasn't right for it because she was so kind of strong and independent but that balances marissa's like instability out really well yeah i'm all on board i ship what do we call this malix malix <laughs> terrence malix i'm all on board with malix i'm here for it um but that's the end of that that's where we leave them with their with their story we want to move on to the to the adults. So Sandy is is back in our lives. He's looking for an mm-hmm. office for this new business that he wants to start, which I guess is just him doing law stuff mm-hmm. uh, or public interest stuff is what he wants to do. 
he's looking for an office to rent, which I don't I, like. We live in COVID times now, and it's like they have a m- massive house. You could absolutely have a home office when you're working by yourself. So the only issue with that is if he ends up doing criminal law as a part of public interest, that means like it's it's tough because there I know some lawyers that do this who do like criminal work that office out of their house and like mm-hmm. they have to get a PO box but then everyone has their cell phone number and it's all like it gets really convoluted and so I don't know. Chelsea's just look at how dark she is. Yeah, you're Oh, I know. I don't know how this ha- it's cuz the sun's You got some big big Dylan light. energy <laughs> going on right now. No big catfish energy. Yeah, big <laughs> You absolutely look like every episode of Catfish when the person like won't talk. The real question I have is if there are rules about lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad, but like I've had cases with some lawyers who don't have an office, but they're like really young and they, you know, like, so it's not like they're just about to retire and they don't want an office, but we, uh, we call them Starbucks lawyers because oh. they have to meet their clients at Starbucks because they don't have no office space. It's better than Starbucks lovers. Shout out to Taylor Swift. Big fan. <laughs> oh my god so he's looking for an office he finds and this i mean this just really struck me even in 2005 or 6 an 850 dollars a month guest house in newport wow. beach california is wow. absolutely reasonable like that seems incredibly cheap oh yeah it's a beachfront isn't it pretty much yeah that's yeah insane. everything about it is great and perfect it's a fixer-upper whatever i've seen hgtv i can swing a hammer open concept baby yeah so he gets I I I I hate the storyline and I love the storyline because it's it's so dramatic like it's so made for TV it's so like d- like heavy dialogue and like intense whatever but he gets a phone call from his old professor Max and he's in town I love it when someone's like oh so and so is in town so they're gonna become a part of the show now <laughs> um, Max is in town and he visits the new office and he obviously obviously he needs Sandy to find Rebecca duh. Who's yep. Rebecca? We don't know, but Sandy needs to find her. And so we learn through an insane amount of exposition throughout the course of this episode um, mm-hmm. that Rebecca was Sandy's fiance. They were going to get married. Apparently, they were the love of each other's lives. But 22 years ago, she ran away to Canada because she burned down a nuclear lab site. And she was an avalanche. A <laughs> uh, uh, bing bing. Did you say nuclear? Nuclear. You said nuclear. It sounded like nuclear. Nuclear. I say nuclear. <laughs> Wait, what do you say, Chelsea? I I say I say the way you said it, but the first time you said it, you said nuclear and not nuclear. It's, it's wow. nuclear. Right. Or, this, the <laughs> podcast is literally the like two or three weeks from now. It's just going to be us like trying so hard not to mispronounce a word because I don't want to get called out for it. <laughs> because we're going to get dragged. She yeah. <laughs> I will pin I will pin a notes app apology for saying nuclear incorrectly. <laughs> nuclear. Wow. Nu- uh, well, she burned down a nuclear lab site, and that's just a lot of bullshit. And so I guess in order for Sandy to figure out how to get in touch with Rebecca, he has to go to jail and hang out with Negan or Denny from Grey's Anatomy. Jeffrey Dean. Yeah, and so he's like with him. I guess maybe Rebecca had a thing with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And so, but like Sandy got in the middle of it. I don't understand that scene at all. Other than oh other, the, oh, the point of it was him to tell Sandy that she's dead. Uh, Denny Duquette 
uh, deserved better than one episode around in the OC. So, so that's all I'm saying. So, like, no joke. I actually I thought that looked like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So I googled Jeffrey Dean Morgan the OC, and it was literally the picture of him as he was appearing on screen because he's gone after this, isn't he? No, that's it. So right right before this scene, we have a line that is such a TV hook them in line that makes no sense if you think about it. It like right when the scene opens up, you have Kirsten sitting on the bed and she just turns over to Sandy and goes, You're going to prison? And then there's a beat. Yeah. And then he goes, Yeah, I'm going to visit her. And she said that and I thought about it. And I'm like, that there's no reason for that line at all in that way, because he was a public defender for 16 years. So he visited clients in jail all the time. And so that just made me mad. I just want to say it made me mad. I'm glad Jeffrey Dean Morgan was there. And for all the exposition we get, I actually liked the little bit of conversation we got. where We pretty much learned Rebecca's entire backstory through conjecture. The scene with Sandy and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was just so like, so TV. Oh, yeah. Like, I just didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't care for it, but. Shout out to Jeffrey D. Morgan. Love Negan. Um, quit watching The Walking Dead while he was on it. But shout out to Negan. Um, I have a, I have a question kind of while we're in this realm. Mm-hmm. Kirsten is getting, I mean, I, I understand that it's like his former fiance and blah, blah, oh, so blah. That, okay. Let me just say, that's what I was going to say. When you talked about her saying you're going to prison, I think the point of that line was for her, it's to show us that she's being very inquisitive. She's asking a lot of questions yeah. because she knows that he's working with Max which could lead him to Rebecca. And I think that's the, as the episode progresses, we kind of learn that she has a lot of insecurities about Rebecca in the same way yeah. that, uh, that, um, fuck what I, I can't, I can never remember her name. What's her name? The redhead, Ryan stating her. Lindsay. Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's the second time I forgot her name. It's a great, great Caleb imitation. <laughs> that was a good one. Don. Congrats. You got one good one in. Thank you. You got your one. <laughs> Um, Kirsten is very insecure about Rebecca in the same way that Lindsay is very insecure about Marissa. And that plays out over the course of this episode. Yeah, it, it just it's interesting because, I mean, this is the couple who just a few episodes ago had their 20th wedding anniversary. And all of a sudden, the mention of Rebecca's name has turned Kirsten into like this Seth Cohen-like spiral of a person. Yeah, there's like a storm cloud forms over her. And it's like, bitch, that was 22 years ago. Yes, And... Presumably very early in the relationship, because we see later whenever they flash back to when Kirsten and uh, Sandy met, and they were both in college. Like, who has pre-college relationships that, like, leave such a lasting impact? Like, I get that it was a traumatic thing that she had to, like, flee the country, but no one's like, the love of your life that you knew when you were 19? Like, no one does that. That's unrealistic. Yeah. yeah, there's even a scene later, if we, we can jump ahead a little bit, but like there's a scene later on where she just says out of nowhere, she's like, Rebecca, you're still in love with her. And he's like, what? I, even I was just like, what? Where did this come from? This came out of absolutely nowhere. That was the silliest nowhere. thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Is that the, yeah, it was bizarre. Like, is that the scene where we get all the exposition where she's like, Rebecca, the really smart Jewish girl who you were supposed to marry before you met yeah. me? Yeah, that <laughs> was the scene. Um, but Cringe. before all this happens, Ryan had gone to see Caleb and they had a pretty weird scene. Weird. Shout out to Chelsea. Um, they had a pretty <laughs> weird scene together. And man, he just hates Ryan. Caleb is so great with a lot of people. He is such an asshole to Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't really understand why, because he like Ryan's been kind of neutral, neutral 
with I mean I guess that he did burn down his house but that was kind of a long time ago and didn't we determine that it was an accident like why does Caleb have so much vitriol towards Ryan I think we we well I think we get it in this episode I think he is convinced that Ryan is a freeloader who is just in it to get his quote unquote money you know what you know what I will say Ryan did try to fuck his girlfriend yeah, yeah, that's true. And and we have to also keep in mind that, you know, we're talking about Kirsten being still burned about something that happened 22 years ago. I don't think it's that yeah. far to imagine that maybe her dad is upset about something that happened last season still. That's a great the point. Nichols hold very long grudges. Yep. <laughs> but Ryan tries to tell Caleb, like, um, you should talk to Lindsay. And Caleb's like, fuck you, basically. And he says, like... What about you and your dad? Is he still in jail? And I was like, whoa, that yeah. came out of nowhere. My dad's Hercules, man. His dad is Q, actually. Um, <laughs> but he also, <laughs> feel like, Ryan fires back, and he's like, yeah, you would be too if it weren't for Sandy Cohen. Boom! Which is great. I, this, there's, the verbal sparring is next level with those two. Einberg. So, Caleb goes to Kirsten and asks her about Lindsay. Kirsten gives Caleb Lindsay's number. He calls Lindsay and says, I want to hang out with you. Let's go to dinner. Uh, Lindsay tells Ryan, like, uh, you should come with us. We'll get to the Lindsay Ryan stuff in a little bit. But that's where we were with Caleb and Kirsten and, you know, all that fun stuff. So, Sandy does not believe Negan that uh, Rebecca has died. I don't know how he knew. Like, I would have, I 0% chance I would have been like, I think he's lying. I want to keep investigating. I was mm-hmm. like, well, she's dead, whatever. He mm-hmm. just decides he's lying. And so he keeps how looking. How did the dude in jail know, anyways? I don't know, but I just feel like I would believe him. Like, why would he lie, I guess? Like, what was the point of him lying about her being dead? Oh, that's a good point. So, uh, (laughs) Sandy keeps looking into it. He wants to find a death certificate, and that's when we learn that, like, Kirsten's getting upset. I wrote, my notes were, Sandy's making calls. Kirsten wants him to let her go. She's a smart political Jewish woman. She accused Sandy of being in love with her with eight question marks afterwards. Um, Sandy finally gets a phone call from someone that he's been trying to get in touch with and finds out that it is confirmed she's really dead. So Rebecca is dead. Kirsten feels bad about questioning anything because that would be shitty to be like, you're in love with her? She's dead. I'm just kidding. I didn't mean that love thing. Let's just pretend this never happened. It's kind of what it feels like. When that scene happens, it's like, Kirsten's like, you've been doing this all night. It's time for bed. Like, let's go to bed. And Sandy finds out that she's dead and he goes, I need to leave and go meet Max right now, presumably in the middle of the night. I need to meet him in person right now to tell him this. Then the next time we see Sandy, he's alone at the bar of the restaurant. And then he calls Max and says, meet me at my office. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Why did you make a pit stop at the restaurant bar just to call him and tell him to meet you at your office? Yeah, weird. He had someone that was a large part of his life that he just found out died. And so maybe he was just like, I got to go and have a drink to take the edge off. You know, no, absolutely not. I don't go to, believe go that to, at all. Go to seventh, seventh Heaven and God, the Final Fantasy references are thick and Chelsea has no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, None. Zero. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I spent too much time on this. I'm sorry. This is what I do. Why was Anna at Oliver's party? We don't know. That's going to be our next <laughs> podcast is us just talking about that every week, minute by minute. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. He gets Max to meet him at his new cool house beachside office for 850 bucks a month. And Max walks in with Rebecca. Boom. She's not actually dead. She's alive, which this episode has been a real roller coaster where we meet her, find out she's dead, think she might be alive. Nope, she's dead. Oh, nope, she's alive. 
I also I also you. noticed in Sandy's office he had a number of boxes, one of which said law books. Do you have that in your house? No. We you know Well, you're not as good as Sandy Cohen. I just call them books. <laughs> well, maybe he's got he's got a lot of books. <laughs> All right, many leather bound books, Dylan. Um, Mahogany. We'll move on to Summer and Zach and Seth. So Seth's upset. Alex has basically dumped him. And Zach gives him a little pep talk and says, you need to get a new life, basically. He's like, you need to find something that you're passionate about. And convinces him to make a new comic book, to bake his own comic book, based on his drawings that Zach saw that I think he'd never seen before. Um, There's a really great scene where they're having a comic book club meeting at the school where they're kind of brainstorming about this idea Mm -hmm. that they have. Ryan is there with them. It's Seth, Zach, and Ryan hanging out, talking about comic books, and Summer shows up. Summer shows up and says, like, hey, Zach, let's hang out after school or something. And Zach's like, oh, actually, I can't. So there's already, you know where this is going. They all agree that comic book movies suck. I feel like you might have a thought about that, Dylan. Uh, The line was, he he says, maybe we can go to dinner and a movie. And Summer says, just not a comic book movie. And Seth says, comic book movies suck anyway. To which Zach replies, dude, you didn't like X2. And I just want to tell you all that X2, X-Men United, was released on May 2nd, 2003, and is currently at 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Seth, go away. Wow. So Seth was just being one of those pretentious, like, oh, they all suck. They're not the original. Yeah. The best part of this scene, though, was that <laughs> Ryan was there in the background, and he was just like so on board with everything he was just like so going along with it like whenever he mm-hmm. whenever he says comic book movies suck if you look in the background ryan's in the background going yeah i know right <laughs> i'm gonna have to rewatch that i'll take a screenshot and put it on the gram there's there's like this there's an amazing part of this scene where zach describes seth as like the uh, the bridge between uh jack kirby and eric white and i've got to say that Chelsea made a big mistake by saying that last episode's comic book minute was short because now it is time for comic book minute. Zach describes Seth as a link between Jack Kirby and Eric White. Jack Kirby is the pen name of Jacob Kurtzberg, who was perhaps one of the most famous comic book artists in the medium, drawing for both Marvel and DC during the Silver Age. Before his death in 1994, he drew on everything from Fantastic Four, Thor, and Captain America to Black Panther, Avengers, and Eternals. Specifically, the Eternals was created by Kirby and is basis for an upcoming MCU movie <laughs> starring Angelina Jolie, Camille Nanjiani, and both Rob Stark and Jon Snow. White, on the other hand, is a visual artist based in NYC whose work centers on carefully executed figurative paintings that reveal influences of traditional surrealism, neorealism, and conceptualism. So, this has been your comic book and art minute. Wasn't as bad. Ryan had to take his, uh, his anxiety meds. So I have a feeling we're going to get deep into comic book content in the next couple episodes because they are it's a big nothing point. like nothing like that. Don't okay. worry. Um, well, we find out that Seth is a talented artist. He's coming up with ideas for his comic book. He we learned that the Kitchino is named Brian Gatwood. Great. That's name. great. Uh, Ryan gives Seth the pep talk and lets him know that he cannot let Zach see the drawings of Summer, which actually makes sense to me. I found a list of characters in Atomic County. Do you all want to hear them? Yes. Okay. Some of these characters are, are spoilers for the later seasons and for the ultimate stuff in this season, but it's worth reading. So you have um, the core four, 
It's the Ironist, Seth Cohen, Little Miss Vixen, Summer Roberts, Kid Chino, Ryan Atwood, and Cosmo Girl, Marissa Cooper. Then they have um, the Atomic County Allies, which is like the other good guys. Punky Spitfire, who's based on Anna Stern. All-American Boy, it's Luke Ward. The, the Litigator, <laughs> Sandy Cohen. The Ice Queen, Kirsten Cohen. Okay, now get this. Oh, the, that's a that's a read. The Coalition of Doom. There's Demonic Water Polo Player, based on Zach Stevens. Oh. Mistress Widow, based mm. on Julie. Evil Kid Chino, based on Trey Atwood. Blinding Abs, based on Kevin Volchek. The oh, Mentalist, based on Oliver Trask. Type A, based on Taylor Townsend. Johnny Tears, based on Johnny Harper, and the in- oh. the Industrialist, based on Caleb Nickel. When do any of these people even get mentioned? Why is there a list? I, so I the, don't know. Well, Atomic County was its own thing. Like they turned into a YouTube show, right? Yeah, it was a yeah. spinoff animated. What? Yeah, it was an animated television series, which I honestly think it might be. This is news to me. I did not know that. I think that would be kind of fun as like a bonus kind of thing or a goal or something to cover that terrible. Atomic County YouTube. Why show. was Taylor Townsend listed in the as like a bad guy? I hate that. I thought that Taylor Townsend was yeah type A. I guess it's because when they were writing it, she was kind of an enemy. Every time you say Taipei, I yeah. think about Taipei, the Chinese restaurant by my house. But okay, I'm I'm Chinese, so I can laugh at that. <laughs> uh, okay, hate so man. well, she finds the book under the bed, which is just weird, and she looks at it, it's like drawings of her, so she steals it. Whatever. Um, she hopes Mr. But she said, I hope you don't pull up lame, which I don't know why they wrote that in there, which, but that it's like when a horse has like a, like a problem with its gait, like the G-A-I-T where it can't walk correctly. So if you're like a racehorse mm-hmm. and you hurt yourself, you can make you pull up lame. Um, yeah, then you, so here, then you get I, shot. I learned something. Um, Summer loves the book. She takes it home. She looks at it. She loves it. She returns it to Seth. They talk about boob approval, which is great. But like the point of this was like, mm-hmm. there's something going on here. That's not nothing. There's something. I wrote this note after this scene, just so you know where I was mentally. And it says, Summer and Seth are so cute. OMFG. I care so much about these characters. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's well, where I was. Good for you. Um, but That's where we leave the episode with them. The only thing we have left is Ryan and Lindsay. Um, we kind of talked about it earlier with Ryan going to see Caleb and they're set up, they set up this whole dinner. Basically, Lindsay wants to get to know Caleb. Caleb reaches out and says, let's go to dinner after some cajoling from both Kirsten and Ryan. This is the other, when I said there are two very dated references in this episode, one was, um, Mm -hmm. Marissa talking about West Nile virus. And then the other one was this one where they're in high school and Ryan and Lindsay are hanging out and she was like trying to find out about Caleb and she goes, I A9'd him and found out he's basically wow. the worst person. And uh, I was like, wow. I, A9 was like Amazon's attempt to to dethrone Google as the upcoming search engine kings in like the mid 2000s, which barely made a blip on anyone's radar. Honestly, this is the first I didn't I didn't even hear that reference. This is the first I've ever heard that they even made an attempt at that. This is all new news to me so they they go to this dinner and it's weird it's awkward ryan shows up caleb didn't know ryan was coming and like it's 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 awkward from the beginning because they don't know what to talk about every scene with Lindsay and with these rich people is awkward she doesn't know how to talk to marissa she doesn't know how to talk to caleb um ryan shows up and now it's more weird because caleb thinks that ryan set up the dinner 
And then at the same time, as they're having this talk, Lindsay finds out that Ryan had gone kind of behind her back to Caleb's office to tell him that you need to talk to Lindsay. And again, Caleb just really hates Ryan and he accuses them of just all being a setup and they just want, they either just want money, a new car or an Ivy league education. Shout out to operation varsity blues. Good. Really good documentary. (laughs) Way better than the blockbuster documentary. (laughs) And he ends the dinner by saying, by telling Lindsay, have your accomplice drop by my office with a list of demands. And when he said accomplice, I did the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where you point at the TV. <laughs> the, the thing that I don't get is, first of all, I, I do love how, how Alan Dale like so effortlessly can switch from mean Caleb to a very mean Caleb. I really like that. Um, so something happens in this scene or shortly thereafter that, and maybe... Maybe this is like my own little stupid sequence on the podcast that's not comic book minute where it's just things that make me mad for no reason. Sure. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe this will make like you all Dylan. mad too. D- Dylan's, you know what, this really grinds my gears. So Ryan shows up late. Lindsay and Caleb are at dinner, okay? Ryan mm-hmm. shows up late as we know that because he says, sorry, I'm late. Why is Lindsay giving Ryan a ride home from dinner if Ryan got there late? Did he walk there? Did he ride a bike? Did again, drive again, li- Dylan, it's one of those things where you point out something that makes sense, and I'm just like, I don't care enough to, to have the discussion, but you are right. I think that pointing out the minutiae helps strengthen people's rewatches, just like pointing out the fashion, just like pointing out the whatever it is Ryan points out, like that wow. kind of stuff. Wow. Because... because <laughs> Anyone can sit down and just watch the show and talk about it. But we're we're talking about the in-depth stuff that people can't get on Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark's podcast. See, but I like to think that people watch us because we think of really good takes. Like, um, you know, you saying that Luke is the third Gone Girl. That kind of stuff. Not, um, oh, hey, he wants to walk to the pier because he got a ride home. This podcast would be half the length if Dylan didn't filibuster. I always filibuster. So here's the thing. <laughs> I think this is important. Dillabuster. Dillabuster! <laughs> if Ryan doesn't have a car and Lindsay got there first, that means there's only one way that Ryan could have gotten there, and that is on his bike. And what do we know about Ryan on his bike? When Ryan's he's on his bike, it means he's doing bad boy stuff. So I think he was secretly using Lindsay to actually get Caleb's money because he rode his bike there. That's why it's a big deal. And that's why I'm wondering, as I say in my notes, why is Lindsay giving Ryan a ride home from the dinner if Ryan got to the dinner late? Boom. Thank you. I am, I'm O, which is the OC version of Q. I am now five minutes older. <laughs> so are we... Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy that as we're sitting here, we're all dying? Well, that's it. Welcome to Mortality Corner. <laughs> oh, God. I did think it was sad because Lindsay was beaming at Caleb. She, she before was. Ryan got there, she had the biggest smile. And then Ryan came up and her smile just gotten even bigger. And within 30 seconds of him sitting down, it just, you know, escalated so quickly. She got nickled. So the end of the episode is Ryan and Lindsay in her weird car because she had to take him home. Um, Thank you. Bumper stickers, weird car. Are, bumper stickers are still there. I thought this was going to lead to another like breakup, but it didn't. They're still like together. They're still good. They were just like disappointed in how everything went. And but like they're you could tell they're like really sad. Like they're like really upset by this. And when they're making, but then they start making out. It was just like real depressing like make out. It was it was like. Two sad people kissing is like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, ew. I don't. Who likes to kiss while they're sad? Ew. 
But I that mean, was pretty much it. So the the only other time we see Ryan is the scene after that where he's playing video games with Seth and they basically catch each other up on like here's like Seth's like, here's what I did this episode. And Ryan's like, here's what I did this episode. Nothing happens. I feel like they needed to film that scene though, just as a filler to get from one Sandy scene to the next Sandy scene. Um, because the episode mm-hmm. actually ends when Rebecca Bloom shows up to Sandy's office. Man. So you know that's where the episodes go. So like the the one before was kind of um to build up Sandy has his own he's opening his own store. He talks about all the different types of places. His own store. His own store. <laughs> it's a law store. It sells justice. <laughs> also, that was this same episode. I just feels like a long time ago that we talked about. I know, about it. it just well no, I just it, she just kind of appears and she's like Hello, Sandy. Like, I don't know. I thought... It's, I don't hello, like her. Newman. It's, <laughs> hello, Newman. Hello, Newman. It's me. I can already tell you. Like, we'll, you know, the next two episodes will be heavy in the Rebecca Bloom. But just by her little introduction, I'm like, who's this bitch? So, the like, we know that Kirsten's insecure about it. But there is... It, may, I, I, don't, I truly don't remember. Is this where her drinking also ramps up because of this? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so... But there is the scene in this episode where she's sitting there with wine and she like slides it away from her. Like she's like puts the glass down, fills it and then slides it away from her. Like, I don't want to drink this. So I don't know if that's foreshadowing or like, I don't know what kind of foreshadowing that would be. But I guess saying that like she has a problem with alcohol that she's trying to acknowledge, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Or that we're supposed to notice like, huh, she's being a little bit more thoughtful she's about alcohol. Pushing it away because she's like, there's or, not enough in here. She's, she's just thinking, it's more on her mind. Some, she's she's so yeah. drunk, she's hallucinating and she's pushing it to the person across the table from her to get her more. You you think the drunk people hallucinating is like the best part of this episode. So Grady, so. you were the caretaker here. Let's talk about, um. Did, did we cover everything with Zach and Summer? Yeah. Chelsea was checked out during that scene because uh, I could tell I looked up and she was not paying attention. That's when I said that Seth and Summer were definitely vibing. Like there's something going yeah. on there. Well, I have, I forgot to interject during that moment, the <laughs> outfit of the episode. And I say this because I had the exact same episode. Or, uh, outfit. <laughs> I had the exact same outfit going on. Cohen's. Ke- Keeping up with the Coens. Oh my gosh. Okay. So during that scene where Seth and Summer are vibing and she tells them and she's like, no, you know, I actually kind of like these. Um, you know, the boobs are kind of big, but well, and she makes kind of a cute self-deprecating joke about her own body. Um, (laughs) but she's wearing this pink, uh, spring peacoat and she has her hair in like a poof and a side ponytail. I think Marissa has an exact same hairstyle in the, um, infamous new year's eve episode that we reference constantly because we have no idea why anna's at that party why was she <laughs> my question still stands this is gonna haunt um, your dreams but I, I loved it because that that kind of springtime pea coat i mean everyone had one you could get a cheap one at charlotte Russe. you could get a nicer one at express um you could get a really nice one from juicy um everyone rocked that hairstyle it was kind of the precursor to the snooky look <laughs> Or the college sorority girl with a big ass poof. Um, it was just kind of a little uh, kind of bouffant, like right in the right in the front of your hair. So I thought that was that looked like an early aughts outfit. Yeah, and even though we talked about it forever ago, shout out to Rilo Kylie for the music moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. We've come a long way since. We really guys. have. Proud of We've, us. I feel like we're really starting to figure out how to podcast. We did finish this episode in better time. This is what happens when Dylan doesn't have to recap an episode. Hey, <laughs> I just I just want yeah. everyone everyone to go back and listen to how I get praised every time I recap an episode. That's literally never happened one time. Oh, well, okay. I, I guess you're right. That is it for us for this episode of Keeping Up with the 
Cohen's with a C. Um, shout out to Chloe Kardashian, though. We love her. Um, if you want to reach us, you can find us on Instagram at Cohen's Pod, C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D. You can email us, Pod at gmail.com. Dylan, talk to them about Apple Music stuff or Apple Podcasts. I want to say two things. The first thing I want to say is mm-hmm. Chloe Kardashian. You literally say Cloaca when you're saying her name. Everyone Google what a cloaca is. But before you do that, while you're- How or- are we going to do that when we don't know how to spell it? C-L-O-A-C-A. Okay. Welcome to the cloaca cast. So if you appreciate this cloaca cast, make sure you get on to- That's Apple- disgusting, Thank by you. the way. Make sure you get on to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Um, we prefer five stars, um, but if you only have a certain number of stars to go around- um, at least give us one of those. You can give the rest of them to whoever you want to. Um, but I'm going to firmly disagree with that assessment. Firmly? Well, okay, then I, you know what? I just want you all to have a good time. You ain't giving us, we're like Uber drivers. If you're not giving us a five, just, just keep on scrolling. Like our favorite nineties boy band, give us five. God, I'd love five. Baby, when the lights <laughs> and, go out, what a chance. make sure if you're feeling extra saucy, give us a, uh, give us a rating. Um, saying not the things that Ryan edited the podcast to make me say uh, a few weeks ago, or was that last week? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't think I edited anything. Oh God. He's, I'm being gaslit. Um, but that's the best way you can help us. Truly. The way this whole thing works is there's an algorithm and we know that when people type in the OC in the future, which they will be starting in April, they'll be typing in the OC to get welcome to the podcast, bitch, the new official podcast from Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark. We want them to also see sneaking up in second place, keeping up with the Coens. Sneaking up with the Coens. Sneaking up with the Cloacas. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. Also, a month from now is when this episode will be out. Their show will be out by then. But yes. It will be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait. wait. Oh, gosh. I think you're right. I know. Now I'm nervous. Are people listen- uh, Maybe people actually listen to this in mass numbers. Dude, this might be the week that their episode drops. Hold on. Gee, I wish someone on the podcast had developed a recording and release schedule. Oh, <laughs> Wait. Here, let's see. This is episodes. We just covered episodes uh, nine and ten. This is airing on four twenty-eight. So no, their podcast. Oh gosh, it came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. I hope you all liked it, but ours is better. Give us five stars. Wow, we're <laughs> off to the races. <laughs> hope we don't pull up lame. All right, fam. Chelsea, do you have yeah? Chelsea, do you have anything else you want to say, or can we be done? None at all. I love you both. I will talk to you guys in our group chat and we'll see you all next week. Tune in. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye. Keep up. <laughs>